Hi there, welcome back to another episode in the Blissful Biz Podcast. You know that I love online courses, right? I mean, I've been talking about them a lot in the last weeks. But I'm not the only one who's crazy excited about the online course business model and how they can have a profound impact on your yoga business. Today I'm talking to Kelly McGee, and just like me, Kelly believes that every yoga teacher can turn their passion and expertise into online courses. Kelly is the founder of Digital Yoga Academy, an online business school for yoga teachers. She's been working in marketing for 15 years before she became a yoga teacher and transitioned into teaching yoga and leading retreats and now also teaching yoga teachers about marketing and how to create online courses. Actually, our businesses are very similar and I was really excited to talk to her and hear her take on things. Kelly has so much expertise around online marketing and she's sharing some great tips and advice today with us. I can't wait for you to meet her, so let's dive in. Hey there, welcome to the Blissful Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Susanne Reiker, here to help yoga and wellness entrepreneurs build a thriving online business. If you're ready to make a bigger impact and earn money online, you are in the right place. Each week you learn about websites, digital products, social media strategies, and what's working now to build your online business. And now let's get started. Hi there, Kelly. Welcome to the Blissful Biz Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Me too, Susan. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. I'm really excited to be here today with, with everyone. So for everyone who don't know you yet, can you quickly introduce yourself and what you do? Sure thing. So my name is Kelly McHugh and I'm the founder of Digital Yoga Academy. Um, but I also have another business actually called Good Yoga Life, which um, was my first yoga business. So I started that back in 2015, so five years ago now. And we run classes and events here in London. Um, I've been running retreats for the last few years. I was actually in Bali back in February. Um, on retreat number 25. So I've been pretty busy with that for the last few years. Um, and then Digital Yoga Academy, I started, um, I launched Digital Yoga Academy, which is an online business school for yoga teachers. I started that in 2017. So three years ago now. And um, we offer online programs, we offer coaching, really to support teachers to grow their communities and, you know, ultimately create profitable and sustainable yoga businesses. And as for me personally, my um, professional background is in marketing. Um, so I worked in marketing for over 15 years, uh, managing teams and uh, budgets and projects across lots of different sectors and industries. So I've got vast experience there, but I also trained as a yoga teacher. And I did my teacher training five years ago And that really kind of kicked off my um, personal entrepreneurial journey, let's say, <laughs> and, you know, bringing together my passions for yoga and marketing and entrepreneurship and, and my purpose, really, you know, my mission is to support teachers to be able to do the same that I've done in my businesses and to have that success as well. So, so yeah, so here we are today, really. <laughs> I love it. Um, do you feel the same that you've learned more about you and this whole entrepreneurial journey than you did like in all those years working in corporate? Oh my gosh. Yes, totally. Totally. I mean, I think, um, you know, in, when I was working in, in marketing all of those years, you know, I was always kind of reaching for the top. So, you know, I was, I was aiming for those like head of marketing roles and I did that for a, a good number of years um, in my marketing career. Um, and I guess I always felt that, um, there was something more that I wanted to do something my, for myself. And I think when you work so hard for someone else, you know, my, my partner used to say to me, he was like, gosh, if you worked this hard for yourself, you'd just be so successful, you know? And so, 
I knew there was always something in me, but I didn't really know what it was. You know, I knew I wanted to do my own thing, but I just wasn't quite sure what that would be. And I think um, when you do finally find your thing, it brings with it a whole, you know, number of other kind of challenges that you didn't really experience when you were head of marketing in, in one of those companies. And I think, you know, doing it for yourself, um, that entrepreneurial journey is, is very, it's very up and down. It's not linear. You know, you learn so much about yourself and um, to really kind of work through all the fears and the limiting beliefs that, that come up, not just at the beginning, but throughout that entrepreneurial journey so yeah it's um and it continues right you know it's like it's 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 not an easy it's not an easy journey you know if it was everybody would be doing it um but I think if you have a real passion for something or or you you know your purpose and you connect to it then it's easier to be consistent with it or to be persistent let's say because you know that it's something inside that you really, really want to do. Yes. Um, for me, it was also, I don't know, this um, a journey to like self-discovery, yeah, but also self-love, accepting yourself, putting yourself out there, getting out of your comfort zone. And I think that's what a lot of our my listeners can relate to. Also your journey, I think, so we have a lot of yoga teachers here as listeners. And I mean, most of them have, have a different background, right? Not everybody starts being a yoga teacher right after school. Yeah. <laughs> a few people now, but most people have a different background and then they kind of transfer into teaching yoga, maybe like half time first as a hobby a little bit. And I feel like right now with the pandemic, more and more people are stepping up, especially women are realizing, yes, yeah, so they have to, They have to think as business owners too. So, oh, yeah. Right? yeah, totally, totally. I think, um, you know, like what you, what you were saying about really kind of um, showing up, you know, being visible and that whole point around loving yourself, you know, accepting yourself. Because if you're sharing your message, which you are as a yoga teacher, you know, we need to share our, our unique message of yoga to really build our communities online. It requires us to show up, you know, it requires us to get onto video, to, to do all of these things that can feel quite scary. And um, so, you know, we really do have to um, like you say, learn to love yourself, learn to accept yourself and how you look on camera and just to get over those fears really, because it's not about us at the end of the day. It's about the people that we're trying to help, the people that we're trying to serve. But you've been so great with that. I mean, you've been doing um, like coachings on camera and your Facebook group for a really long time already, right? Mm -hmm. So what did the beginning stages look like for you as a business coach? Have you been, are there any roadblocks or mental barriers that you had to overcome? Yeah, totally, totally. I think um, I have been doing, you know, the sort of trainings and the live videos for a couple of years now, I'd say. Um, but in the beginning, you know, in the beginning, that stuff was really scary for me as well. You know, I, 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 I always say to my students in my community, go onto the Digital Yoga Academy Facebook page and go into the video section and go back to the beginning and watch some of my like early day videos because you can see it in my face like I haven't removed those videos they're still there you can see it you can see how awkward I look and you know my words aren't quite coming out right and and all of that and of course there wouldn't have been anybody watching at the time you know I started with zero just like we all do um, but I think it goes back to your purpose you know what I said before about really if you've got this this mission to really kind of share and create an impact in people's lives which as yoga teachers that's why we go into it right we want to we want to help people we want to help um we want to make an impact and so you know it's it's about making our fear much it's about making our message much bigger than our fear and um making it about the people that we're trying to help and i know that sounds easier said than done but i think you know if you 
connect to that and connect to your purpose and your why and why you're actually showing up um, and just keep with this whole idea of practice makes perfect. You know, we have to keep just showing up and it does get easier. The more we show up, the more we do it. Yes, that's so true. It gets easier and it gets easier. Um, And I mean, I still struggle with it. You know, I still have days where I'm like, oh, I've got to go onto onto stories today and I'm really just not feeling up to it, you know? So, you know, it, it doesn't, these fears, you know, they don't always go away. Like they'll always, they, they come back. And I like to say that they're, they're fears that are recycled, you know, they're not unique to us. We, everybody goes through the same, the same, you know, the same, yes. fears. We have the same things that come up, the same blocks. Um, and that's why, you know, mindset work, is such an important part of you as a business owner, as an entrepreneur to, to really do the work. And I think as yoga teachers, we know the tools, don't we? We, we know meditation, affirmations, journaling, all of these things that will support us with having the right mindset to actually move forward in our business. Yeah, um, my pet peeve so is actually the, um, negative self-talk. People like telling themselves, I can't do this. I'm just not techie. I'm just yeah. not good at marketing. I'm overwhelmed. As I stop telling yourself that right away. Yeah, yeah. So I would say like, you know, switch it up, change the negative what ifs. You know, what if it all goes wrong? What if no one buys my course? Change all of that to positives. You know, what if, you know, everybody loves my course? You know, what if I get 500 people to sign up to my challenge? You know, change the words that we're using. It's such a simple technique, but it's effective. You know, it really is effective because it is what you tell yourself, really, that drives your actions and drives everything that you do in your business. Yes, definitely. So yeah, you're already talking a little bit about online courses, which is going to be the topic of our episode. And I think that um, COVID, the pandemic, while of course very painful and hard for yoga studios and teachers, Mm -hmm. really gave online learning an extra push. And now more than ever, it's the time to get started building an online business. So do you agree with that? Yes. Has your experience been also talking with yoga teachers? Yeah, exactly. I think... um, I mean, I've been so, so proud to see teachers, um, how they've reacted to the pandemic and the quick transition, really, to get their classes online. It was, the way I see it is, you know, previously, um, teachers were perhaps stuck in the fear of, oh, the technology is too difficult, you know, this and that. And then as soon as the pandemic hit, it was almost like those fears went out of the window because we were forced into action. So I think the transition that a lot of teachers made was really quite applaudable. You know, they kind of did it with gusto, which is brilliant. Um, There was no time to kind of get stuck, you know, with the excuses, really. Um, But the opportunity... um, regardless of the pandemic you know the opportunity to be online is just it's a huge opportunity there's no better way to like make a bigger impact um with your message and to share it online and reach people all over the world and I think the teachers who want more uh time or flexibility financial freedom you know those teachers that want to move away from the studio teaching model yeah which ultimately can you know, lead to burnout, because if we just teach in a studio, we're going to find ourselves teaching 20 classes a week just to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And that's not sustainable. So for those teachers that want to kind of move away from that, then, you know, creating an online course, teaching online really is a kind of feasible business model. And, um, you know, I I, I get there's going to be loads of questions that, you know, teachers will have about it, um, as well as those limiting beliefs that we've kind of touched on. Um, Or just things like, you know, the sort of things that I hear in my community are, oh, gosh, well, you know, I'm not expert enough, or um, people can practice yoga on YouTube, you know, there's loads of free free online classes you know it's all free online so why is 
why would there be a demand for an online yoga course? You know, these types of beliefs can really hold us back. And they're just objections, aren't they, really? They're objections that we tell ourselves um, or they're the fears that we feel around taking the next step in our business. And I think feeling fear is normal. So we need to understand that. It's normal to feel fear, but staying stuck in fear really is a choice. Yes. Um, oops, sorry. And did you... <laughs> Did yeah. you ask for another for the next question? Or? No, I think um oh sorry, I was just taking a glass of water. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I think uh yeah, from that I think you know it's important just to just ask ourselves, do I want to continue focusing my time and energy teaching in the studio and you know potentially lead to burnout? Or do I want to explore these higher priced offerings where I can kind of reach more students and create more impact in the world? But yeah, the online yeah. space is booming. <laughs> Everyone's online. It's, it's exciting. You know, I know, sure. I know. And it's still just the beginning. Even if you see so many amazing people already doing amazing things, you might think, oh my God, I'm never going to be there. But it's still only the beginning of this whole online learning The market is just exploding oh, right oh, now. Yes. Totally, totally. The, actually, I have a stat for you. So the online education uh, industry is a $355 million per day industry, and it's actually expected to, to triple in the next five years. So it's, you know, that in itself, it just, we need to have a bit of that pie, right? We need to yes. understand that there's, courses online courses in all sorts of things you know you can get you can do online courses in jam making you know so or calligraphy or whatever it might be so you know why not yoga you know it, it offers such an opportunity for teachers but we just need to understand how to make the most of that opportunity yes and people need yoga and meditation and self-care now more than ever and there's so such a big interest in that as well Totally, totally, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's we're switched on right now. The, the world is online, so yeah. we're more connected. And like you say, you know, with especially with the pandemic, to be able to support people with anxiety and everything else that's come with being at home on lockdown and, you know, it really does affect people's mental well-being. So there really is an opportunity to support people now more than ever. Mm. Okay, so let's say I'm a yoga teacher and I have an idea for an online course in my head. What do I do first? Yeah, okay. So it's quite funny because um, one of the mistakes that a lot of teachers make is that they have their idea and they just jump straight first into creating their course. And they, they either don't build their community um, first Or they have a community, but they don't actually ask the community any questions or um, do any research with the community around this idea that they have. And that's a mistake. That's definitely a mistake to make it because, you know, if you do that, then you can really end up putting all your time and energy into creating something and then launching it and nobody actually wants it. So I think the most important thing when it comes to... Um, creating your online course is that is that your course leads to a transformation okay so by that I mean an outcome you know people buy an outcome how they're going to look or how they're going to feel yes. so I think it's one of the mistakes I made with my first online course <laughs> me too me too <laughs> it was like I put it everything I knew in there it was like yeah this is like big but it didn't have a concrete outcome like something and it makes it much it makes it so much more difficult to sell as well oh totally 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 yeah the big mistake I made is I, I just jumped straight first into creating my course I didn't have anyone to, to launch it to <laughs> So we make mistakes, but the great thing is that we can share those lessons, you know, with our communities so that they don't make the mistakes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, it all comes down to at the end of the day, and it comes down to understanding our students. Like, what do they want and need from us? And when we talk about an online course, we're not talking about um, those, you know, standalone yoga classes that you're going to find on YouTube. We're, we're talking more about you guiding your students towards this outcome, this, um, this total transformation. And so, um, 
what we're doing is we're packaging up our course. So this might be, let's say we're doing, we're creating a course that's going to run, you know, over maybe four weeks. And the course is going to include uh, video classes, lessons, um, audio meditations. Maybe you'll do some workbooks. Maybe there's a private um, community. Perhaps you'll do some live sessions in that course as well. So we're packaging it up in a way that's going to lead our students towards their goal, okay, um, with that support and accountability that they need. And that's different, right? That's different to what you can access on YouTube. Yes. And that's the reason why someone is going to invest their time and money with you. Um, so it's really important that we understand what our students want. And this is where validating your ideas comes in. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, once we've kind of found our idea and we'll do that through research, we'll do that based on what we're passionate about, what we want to um, share with the world, what our students are resonating with. But then we need to go through the process of validating it. And I think, um, you know, there's uh, there's obviously thousands of possible ideas out there. There really are. And one thing I see teachers holding back on sometimes is that they see another teacher has already launched a course on the same topic and so they think well someone else has already done it you know so um you know it's already been done yeah that's a very common common question yeah concern that people have and I'm always like you know like that yoga class has been done already too or if you're like an ashtanga yoga teacher everybody's teaching the same sequence and still people have their favorite teachers exactly yeah exactly so and you create your version of it don't you so exactly um so but as I said before, people buy the transformation, okay? Your idea, your idea, whatever it is, must help your student by um, providing a solution to their problem. You know, we all have our own problems, our challenges, our pain points. So we need to understand what they are, you know, what our ideal students are actually struggling with right now. Like, is it anxiety? Is it insomnia is it that they just want to nail their handstands you know what what is it is it to do with their yoga practice or is it to do with their life and we need to really understand that so that we can kind of help them move forward in their yoga practice or in an aspect of their life and that's the only reason why someone will purchase your course it's because they want that outcome so that's really important and it it requires us to do some discovery work um you know, with our students to truly understand that. And you might do that through surveys, um, you know, talking face-to-face with your students, maybe getting on calls with them. Yeah, that's my favorite way because I think surveys, especially when you don't have a large audience yet, um, you only get so much out of them. But yeah, yeah, just sitting down really and doing interviews where you listen more than you talk, and ask some intelligent question. No, but really, the people just want to talk. Everybody just wants to be heard. Yes. And so, yeah. Yeah, I think the calls are really important when it comes to a course. Um, you know, because you're going to put your heart and soul into this, right? It's going to be some of your best work. You're creating a, an asset in your business that you can sell again and again. So you want it to be epic. And so actually having those calls with ideal students is, is really important. And it, it just allows you to become incredibly confident about what you're creating because you know that it's something that people want. And when you have that confidence, it's a totally different kind of experience. You know, you're not in the dark with what you're creating. Like you need to really make sure people want it. You can't just guess it. Yeah. You need to know in your bones. Mm-hmm. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, and I, I just honestly believe that we all have something inside of us, right? We all have an online course inside of us. Yes, um, definitely. Yeah, and, you know, it's just about we don't need to be this, you know, world's number one expert. It's just about you being knowledgeable and passionate about a topic 
and being a few steps ahead of your students. Are but, you the same as me that you, whenever you meet someone new and they tell you what they do and think you should do an <laughs> online course about that? Yes, yes, I'm totally the same. It doesn't matter who, like if I meet like a baker, I'm like, you should do an online course how to bake, I don't know, wedding cakes or something. <laughs> Totally, totally. Like I've met Pete. I remember I met. It's really annoying. I know, I know. I remember I met a couple at a wedding last year. And they're like, "Leave me alone!" Yeah, in my drunkard, you know, in my drunken talk, I was like, "Oh, you should really turn that into an online course." <laughs> yeah, totally. But it's because you know we know how how much of an impact it can make in your own life and in the lives of your students. You know, it really. It's just an incredible business model, you know, it really, truly is. Yeah, it was like at the beginning of my business, um, when I was working as a traveling yoga teacher and um, in Cambodia and in, in the Philippines, and I didn't really love that lifestyle anymore. And I was, um, but I was reluctant to start working with yoga teachers on their marketing and helping them. So I was doing it a little bit, you know, like for yoga teachers that I knew, helping them with their website and their mm -hmm. marketing. It was like, but if I do that one-on-one, -on -one, I'm never going to be able to earn money really <laughs> or enough money because all the yoga teachers that I knew didn't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And then that's, I think that was 2015, 2016, when I discovered online courses and I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to make my business model. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, you know, if you like, for instance, with Good Yoga Life, um, my retreat business, I mean, it's a successful business, it's profitable, but there's always going to be a ceiling there, you know, like, because that business is in person events. So, you know, you've got costs, you know, retreat venues, chefs, and so on, there's costs there, there's always going to be a ceiling. And I think when you start to add a vertical into your business, that's uh, an online or a digital product, then you can remove that ceiling, you know, you can really scale and reach more people, bring generate more income in your business and just create a bigger impact. Yes, and I love that you do both still and that you can probably also relate to people who don't work on their online business full time, like I'm doing right now. But um, you know, like most of my students or yoga teachers, they see this like as maybe a second income stream, maybe it's a, like a side thing, right? So they still are going want to teach yoga and in real yeah. life and do retreats and all that. But they yeah. want this online business um, on top of that. So. Yeah, and I think it's important to uh, transition, like don't just give up your day job and just go into this because yes. you know, it's important to transition in a, um, you know, in a kind of in a intelligent way, you know, um, and to ensure that you've still got some income being generated in your business. But I think because it's it's not a quick win right this isn't like a, a get rich quick scheme you know this requires yes. you to really invest in yourself in your knowledge and um so you understand the framework for creating and launching an online course and um and to do the work you know it's it, you're not going to have a, a, a you know a big launch at the beginning I certainly didn't you know so um you know it takes time it takes learning and but just knowing that when you are creating a digital asset you you're building a sustainable business and we want to be yoga teachers for you know the long term right yeah. this isn't a, this is something we're just doing in 2020 so we want to build a sustainable business and knowing that you keep if you be, be persistent and you you do the hard work then it's going to pay off it will yes yes I mean I've just had um Ellie from the journey junkie on my yeah. podcast I know you talked to her too and I mean she's super successful and she had an amazing first launch but you know when she shares she's been working for that she's like building her audience and creating content for nearly two years before yeah. she launched so I don't think everybody has to wait this long but then probably you start smaller with a smaller launch and that's totally um, fine yeah yeah totally I mean I, I did um you know, after I had my, my first course, which kind of flopped because I didn't have the community there. Um, I then shifted focus and really 
worked on building my community. And I think my first launch, I think I, I'd got like 300 odd people on my email list and I did a live challenge and I had 14 people by the course. So oh, that's was, more than I had. You're a big success. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, <laughs> it was like, it was, it only brought a couple of thousand dollars into the business, but it showed that the, the framework worked, you know, it showed that, um, that I could convert people and it's, you know, you start small and you build on it, you learn from it. And I think we have to be, you know, we have to be open to, um, I don't like to use the word failure, but to make mistakes, you know, and know that when we make those mistakes, we learn so much and we need to embrace that, you know, because when we embrace making mistakes, it enables us to take action. And if we don't embrace it, then we get stuck in decision making, we procrastinate and we get stuck, you know. So I always like to say imperfect action, just see your business as a laboratory. Don't be afraid to get messy, try things out, experiment and just know that you're always learning. Yes, and always get a little bit out of out of your comfort zone. Yeah, totally, so, totally, totally. Yes. So, what's the next step after you validated your course? So, I think once you've you know you've you've got that confidence that you're going to create something that your community are really going to love, then we need to start looking at how we move people through our funnel. Yeah, through our through our marketing funnel and. Okay, let's um, go back. I, yeah. I'm sure that a lot of people don't know what a funnel is. Yeah, so I'll, I'll express, explain briefly. So essentially, we need strategies that are going to attract people into our community. And I'll talk about that in a moment. And once we've attracted people, then we need strategies that are going to nurture those relationships, you know, so that might be things like, you know, adding people into a Facebook group where you can really build trust and, you know, people um, feel more comfortable sharing in, inside a Facebook group or, you know, using email marketing to really nurture those relationships. And then we move people along our funnel and um, use strategies to convert those ideal students into paying students into our into our courses or you know our retreats or whatever it might be that we're offering so we really need to kind of structure our uh, content and communication uh, in a way that leads people and guides people through that process of attracting nurturing and converting but I think when it comes to um, attracting people one way that we can do that is to have a freebie so some kind of opt-in uh, freebie or a, a lead magnet and I'm sure you've talked about this on the um, podcast before so I'm sure your listeners will be aware of what that is but it's something that um, all yoga teachers and anyone in business particularly online should have available on their website and it's a free piece of content that your potential ideal students can gain access to in exchange for their email address yes. so it's a way to really attract students into your community and to grow an email list of um, subscribers that resonate with you and are, are wanting to learn from you so you know we should be spending time on this right we should spend time on creating valuable freebies that we can share online and offer these kind of mini transformations almost in within our freebie that's going to support people on their yoga journey. And I'm sure that's the point, right? To get like the first quick win. Yes. So people have really like an amazing quick first um, transformation that maybe only takes them 20 or 30 minutes. And definitely, definitely. We want it to be actionable, right? It needs to be actionable for people. Um, and another great thing about having an opt-in freebie is it allows you to qualify your ideal students as potential students for your online course. And you do that by creating a freebie that's directly related to the course topic idea. So that course topic idea that you just validated, you now want to create a freebie that's related to that. Yes, I love that. Yeah, so I think, let's say, let's give you some examples. So let's say, um, you know, your yoga course is for people with insomnia. So let's say it's a four-week course that's going to give people, 
give your students like the tools and support that's that's going to help them to have a good night's sleep yeah and your freebie related to that course you know that could be a um a five-day insomnia meditation series or something like that that's going to give them a taster of what they're going to get three things you can do before you go to sleep to have a good night exactly (laughs) exactly that's it you want to give people a little taster of what they're going to get inside the course and I think you know when you're when you're leading up to your course launch, you want your freebie to be directly related to the topic of your course. And that's what's going to help you to qualify your subscribers. Okay, what other tips and advice do you have for anyone who wants to create and sell their first online course? Yeah, sure. So I think um, when it comes to launching your course, you don't want to just launch with an email and a, and a social media post and say, okay, that's my course launch done. We really need to understand how to move um, your community into, into your course. And content plays a really big role in this, especially when you're leading up to launching your course. Like it's just not enough to simply open the doors and say enrollment's open and just send a few emails and, you know, post on Instagram. Really need to also think about the weeks running up to the day when, you know, when we open the doors. And I like to actually break this launch period up into three launch phases so I can talk you through those oh yes Um, please and yeah (laughs) (laughs) launch phases exactly so this is something that a lot of teachers aren't really aware of and you know it is really important to to kind of break up um the time leading up to a launch like this so that you can be a bit more clever about the content that you're sharing and um the first phase is, is what I call the edu- education phase. Yeah, the education phase. Then we have the pre-launch phase and then we have the launch phase. And if you're really giving yourself enough time here, then what you do is you start this whole kind of launch um, phase six weeks before you open the doors to your enrollment. And of course, in the beginning, you know, you know, that might not happen. But as you launch over and over and over, you're going to give yourself more time to do this and have more structure. And so, you know, that would give you three or four weeks for your education phase, a two week um, pre-launch phase, and then your launch phase, which is typically, you know, one to two weeks. Um, so starting with your education phase, this is basically... This is basically you sharing weekly content on the topics that you would include inside your course. Okay, so you're almost giving tasters or intros to various topics that your audience are interested in. So you're basically educating people. You're educating your audience about the topic. And this phase is a really great way to start seeding messaging and information to your audience without even mentioning your course and it's actually a really important part of your launch strategy Um, so you might find and this is something that comes up you know teachers will say well I'm just kind of sharing what what's going to be in my course you know I'm just sharing what's going to be in my course and why people are then going to buy my course when I've already shared all the information but what you're actually doing here is um sharing perhaps you know perhaps the first 20% of your course content and yes some of that information will be repeated in your course but that's actually totally fine people people expect that um what you're doing here is you're showing your audience that you're knowledgeable about this subject and you know you want to use most of your posts to really educate your audience and just really show them that you know a lot about the topic um so it's important that we have a content plan, you know, leading up to our course launch. Um, So as well as kind of sharing the topics that would be inside your course, you might also share your story. This is a good time to share your story or your turning point um, because your story is really going to help your community to relate to you and to resonate to understand you especially if you've went through that transformation 
that you want them to um, experience yes yeah exactly people love to hear that they love to hear that you were once where they are now and you know now look at you you know you have this healthy lifestyle or you've you know done something that yoga has really benefited your life to get from that point a where they are now which is the struggle or the challenge to get to point b you know your course is going to get them to point b so sharing your story is really really you know effective to um to get that across in a way that's not even mentioning your course right now you know you're not even mentioning it but you're just sharing your story another great thing to share during that education phase is to share objections yeah so really having to think about what objections might your audience have when it comes to your course topic so this could be like fears or worries that they have around your topic so for instance if your course was about meditation you know lots of people might have objections around that you know oh, I, I, I'm never going to be able to meditate you know I can't switch off you know all of these things that would stop you from you know starting a meditation practice or you know um sustaining a meditation practice so you can use this education phase to just address address those objections and just show people why those objections are invalid or you know even the myths like myths limiting beliefs that hold people back that might prevent them from enrolling in your course when you come into your launch phase um so that's also really important to have a think about that and just address those things during your education. Yes, I, I agree. I think it's so worthwhile to really think about your content calendar. What before you launch, like six to eight weeks, what are you going to share? What do you need to address? What do you need people to learn before they are ready to buy from you? Yeah, totally. Because it's going to make your launch period so much easier, like so much easier. So make sure you do that. You know, you want to be educating um, prior to even, you know, moving into your kind of like pre-launch, let's say. And uh, the pre-launch is the next phase. And this phase is really... Um, This is the exciting part of the process. Yeah, this is this is the bit that I always really love getting into. And this is when we're going to create buzz with the freebie. Okay, so this is the course freebie that I already talked about okay. already mentioned. And um, this is going to be directly related to your course topic. And I really believe that when it comes to launching your online course, the best type of course freebie is a live freebie. So this is when you set a date and everyone signs up and then they go through the freebie at the same time. So this could be a video series or a challenge, you know, cha yoga challenges, a live yoga challenge. And this is something that Ali from the Journey Junkie, she does this really well. She does these yeah. live challenges and they really help people to you know, get hyped up, you know, they're in a community together, they're doing the challenge together, there's um, accountability. And it also allows you to be visible to for you to build that trust within your community and to be the face there, you know, you're showing up on video, you're supporting people. And When you do it in this way, when you have some kind of live challenge, it helps you to smoothly transition to the launch of your course. Yeah. So um, uh, you want this pre-launch phase to, to be at least, you know, a couple of weeks. You want to have like, you want to give yourself time to really like promote it, like intense promotional activity for at least two weeks, building up to the challenge Uh, so that you can really maximize the number of people who are going to sign up. And, you know, remember, these people have already gone through four weeks of education, at least on your kind of course topic. So you've primed them. Um, and if they now sign up to your challenge, you know, they're also qualifying themselves as being, you know, mega interested in this topic now. So this is really what you've been building up to. Um, so I think, you know, to make it really actionable, like you promoting the challenge, you know, having like um, uh, creating a series of branded images that, you know, have a look and feel to them. Uh, because this is a campaign, you know, this is a campaign that we're promoting here. Um, 
and it's just going to help you to kind of get more in front of your audience. Um, they'll they'll recognise this challenge that's happening. Um, and you want to continue to promote it for at least two weeks because mindset shifts take time, okay? So if your audience only sees the challenge once, you know, it's not going to stick. You know, it's not going to encourage them to take action and to sign up. So you really want to schedule out a campaign in your calendar that's going to be promoting on email. Maybe you'll run some Facebook ads. You want to be getting into Instagram stories. You really want to be getting it everywhere across all of your channels so that you encourage people to really sign up to your challenge. Um, So, yeah, so the challenge is an important part of your pre-launch phase. And like I say, doing it in a live format is really effective um, for that phase of, of your launch period. I love that. Yes. So what do you do it on Facebook Live or Instagram or... Yeah, so I I like to, when I'm launching um, and I do these live challenges, I generally do them inside a Facebook group. So um, what I usually do is I'll create a pop-up Facebook group. So I do have a Facebook group for Digital Yoga Academy, which has got around 13,000 teachers in it now. Um, And I, you know, I do a lot of trainings in there. There's a lot of things that happen in there. But I think for when you're doing a launch, um, you know, it's, it's quite effective to um, to set up a, a pop-up group, a pop-up group that you just have for that challenge. Um, I think if you've only just set up your general Facebook group, um, so say you, your normal Facebook group is like, is new, then it's okay to have the challenge in that Facebook group. I think it's a great way to start a Facebook group too, if you don't have one yet. So you started with a free challenge and after that you just keep it alive and you have your first members. I mean, I certainly did did it that way and probably, you know, quite a few live challenges I did in that group. But as my group has grown, it's made sense to do these uh, live challenges for my launches in pop-up groups. Um, And, The reason it's so effective in that way is because um, you can open the doors to your pop-up group on the same day, like on on a specific day, and everybody's going to flood that group on the same day. And you want to encourage them to be getting on video and to welcome themselves, you know, to introduce themselves. And that's going to really kickstart the algorithm in Facebook. So when somebody's signed up to your challenge and they go into Facebook, that's what they're going to see in their newsfeed is everybody's videos and, you know, interaction and engagement. And it just really kind of kickstarts that kind of hype. And yeah, buzz. it's a nice community and it's, it's definitely inspiring for to see, yeah, to connect with other yogipreneurs in the same situation, right? Or with the same goals. Yeah, exactly. Everybody who's signed up for the challenge is going to be going through the same thing as you. So, you know, that community aspect is is mm. really um, is really beneficial. But you want to also, as well as, you know, you've got the Facebook group where you're going to run your challenge, you also want to be sending an email every day that's going to tell people, you know, what to expect, what time things, is, things are happening inside the group, and, and so on. So it's kind of like, an integrated approach with your with your marketing you know it's uh, you've got emails going out you'll be sharing each day on instagram stories what's been happening you can you know share comments from the group and um, to really show people that there's a lot going on here and you don't want to miss out you know yeah I, I like it too i use challenges in my last launches too and they work really well And it's what I'm teaching. I'm trying something new this launch, (laughs) in my next launch. But yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's just a really great way to then transition people into your enrollment period, which which is the third phase of your launch phase. It's like, you know, now we're launching. Enrollment is open, you know. And I think um, when you get to this part, when you've kind of seamlessly transitioned everyone who signed up for your challenge into your enrollment open period, you really want it to feel natural, you know, to introduce your online course, to feel like a natural step for your students to continue working with you on this topic. 
Um, and that's obviously why the course freebie, you know, the challenge needs to be directly related to the topic of your course. You know, you need to see it as like the beginning steps, like the what and the why and a little bit of the how. And that's going to get your people ready. You know, by this week, by this point, they've had... Um, They've had, you know, weeks and weeks of education content. They've had the, uh, the pre-launch challenge. And, you know, now some of those people are going to be ready to buy. They're going to be ready to enroll. Um, so, you know, to support this, to support that launch period, you'll have a number of activations that take place. So I call these activations. And, you know, you're going to have like enrollment open. Maybe you'll have an early bird um, discount or early bird bonuses for people that, you know, sign up in the first 24 hours, um, perhaps during your launch phase. And that might be, it might be 10 days, it might be 12 days, maybe two weeks. You know, you might run some extra live classes or webinars during that time or a Q&A session, or perhaps there'll be some surprise bonuses. You know, there's lots of ways to add incentives and urgency during this period to really encourage people to take action. So I think one of the things that comes up a lot, you know, for um, teachers who are in my programs where I teach all of this is that, you know, they get afraid. They get afraid to send multiple emails during this period. And yes, I think, have, yes, we all have that, right? Yeah. We don't want to annoy our audience. And exactly. then we all know other people like online marketeers who really overdo it with yeah. emails and we get so annoyed by them and think, I don't want to be like that. Yeah, I know. But, you know, you've done all this hard work up to this point. You know, you've, cre you've gone through all of that validation process. You've created your course, which is going to be epic. So that's taken forever to create. You know, you've gone through all this education content. You've done the challenge. You've been showing up. You know, you've been doing all of this up until now for free. So this is your opportunity now, you know, to really... Um, support people to make the right decision for them. You know, selling is serving. You know, you are providing a course that is providing a solution to somebody's issue, to somebody's problem. And if somebody has stayed with you up until this point, then we don't want to let our own fears hold us back from really truly showing up and being visible in their inbox or on their, you know, Instagram feeds or wherever it might be. This is your opportunity to actually now make that impact. And not everybody is going to um, sign up. And yes, you might get some people unsubscribing, but that's okay. They were never going to buy your online course in the yeah, first place. You can't take that personal. Yeah. I mean, we are all unsubscribing from other people's email lists all the time. And it's not because we don't like them. It's because, exactly. right? So it's just not at the right time or for us to be interested in the, their offers. Yeah. Exactly. So I think, you know, this is your chance. This is your time to really show people how you can help them and just really connect to that. You know, you're, you're helping people and we're going to make our message and, you know, our offering much bigger than the fears that we have around this. Um, so, so yeah, so there you have it. You know, that's, you know, validating your course, um, having your course freebie, understanding the three phases to launching and un and really understanding that launching a course you know is a step-by-step -step framework to doing this and we need to spend the time to really understand what that step-by-step -step framework is so that we can launch our courses and in the most effective and profitable way. Yeah I think it's important to have to because I mean, that's been what I've been doing, even with the framework, um, because you have the, we, we all have those mindset issues. Nobody doesn't have any mindset issues. And yes, as you said, it's fear holding us back or really this fear of putting ourselves out there and that people won't buy. And then I had launches where I just fizzled out, <laughs> where I wasn't as present as I should have been. Like as I was really owning my product, like to do the best promotion possible. And I didn't do that. And it was really when I had this framework when I, that I could follow when you, okay, I had to send this kind of emails out and do yeah. this. And I've scheduled it in my calendar that really helped me stay with it. 
yeah, really totally. made a difference. Yeah, and then this is why, you know, we, we need to invest in ourselves and in, in, in our knowledge, right? So we, we have the framework. Yes. Um, and we know what we what the next step is, you know, there's no second guessing. Um, but like I said, you know, always coming back to this idea of our business is a laboratory, you know, let's get ourselves out there, let's not be afraid to make the mistakes and just keep taking imperfect action and you you will get there, you know, you'll definitely get there. Yeah, and have fun doing it. I mean, that's why I call this podcast the blissful biz because yeah. I think it, you also have to find joy in doing it and not take everything super serious. Oh my god, totally. Yeah, I mean, you know, otherwise we may as well go back to our corporate jobs, right? Exactly. <laughs> doing this for ourselves, we want to have fun whilst we're doing it for sure. Exactly. At least most of the time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you so much. That was really amazing. I love that you have so much expertise in doing this. Um, just to keep it real, can you tell us one thing that you're not good at? <laughs> so this is not a trick question. It can oh, be something God. really stupid like, I don't know, ironing or <laughs> baking. Oh, <laughs> um, I tell you something business related that's been a recent thing for me is um, is allowing support you know allowing the support that i need to grow my business so i've i've recently been growing my team um but that's like three years in until i've really taken in this you know really kind of opened myself up to delegation and getting over that belief that i can do everything myself right um and I think you know I've really had to face that limiting belief head on and it always you know these things come back to childhood and they come back to how you've been brought up and what you've seen your parents do and um it's funny really how it kind of affects you and you have to really kind of look at it face on um and so I've been going through that process but that's something that I've kind of struggled with in the past is kind of letting go of control, you know, allowing people in to support me. And um, truly when we move through these limiting beliefs, you know, there's, there's goodness on the other side. <laughs> there's definitely goodness on the other side. And it allows you to um, just to really kind of move to the next stage in your business. So, you know, I think when we talked about mindset shifts and things at, this, at the beginning of, of today, um, just knowing that these things come up all the time, whether it's, you know, you're just starting out or three years into your business, there'll always be things that you have to kind of face. Um, so, so yeah, so I think probably that, you know, allowing... Okay, delegating, control it. issues. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. oh, Okay. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for your time today and for sharing your story and your expertise and all those great tips. This has been really awesome. It was really cool to learn more about you. So where can people go to connect with you or to work with you? Yeah, sure. So uh, digitalyogaacademy.com. Um, we're Digital Yoga Academy on Facebook and Instagram. There's a Facebook group that you're all welcome to join to get support. There's lots of interaction and engagement going in, on in there in, on a daily basis. And um, I do have a, um, a six-part video series called Online Yogi. And uh, that's going to help you if you're thinking about creating and launching an online course Uh, there's six video trainings that you will receive over a six-day period. Um, so that's probably the best place to go if you want to start learning about um, getting yourself online. Um, but yeah, to, you know, you can connect with me inside the group. I'm in there daily. And um, I look forward to supporting more teachers on their journey with um, getting themselves online. Amazing. Thank you. And I'm also going to add the links to the show notes. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so thank you, Kelly. And yes, everybody, have a great day. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blissful Biz Podcast. If you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. This would mean the world to me. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to never miss a new episode. To learn more about how to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, my courses and membership, or to get instant access to freebies, workshops, and more, go to susannoreika.com right now. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time. Hey there, interrupting for a short announcement. I'm hosting a virtual bootcamp to help you kickstart your online business from May 6th to May 10th, and I would love to see you there. It's the Make Your First or Next $5,000 online bootcamp, and you can save your spot for this free virtual event when you go to my website, susannereicher.com forward slash bootcamp. That's S-U-S-A-N-N-E-R-I-E-K-E-R.com forward slash bootcamp. I'm going to go live every day from Monday to Friday with a live training on how to elevate your vision, choose your profitable niche, amplify your content, nail down your signature offer to make your first or next $5,000. I can't believe how freaking fun, valuable and powerful this virtual event is going to be. You'll get five live stream trainings, all of the recordings in case you can't make it live or need to leave early, access to my new community, the Midlife Biz Hive, including tons of additional trainings for you to dive in, the chance to ask any questions in our calls or in the community. It'll be amazing. This event is a real game changer, whether you're just starting out or you've been at it for a while, but feeling a bit stuck around the maybe $2,000 to $3,000 monthly mark. If you're eager for more and ready to figure out the online business puzzle, this is the perfect place to kickstart your journey to bigger and better results.